Hey everyone, welcome back. It's episode 11 of the Lumbar Trucking Podcast. Before I get going, I just want to make a big announcement. The YouTube is now live. Go on YouTube, search Lumbar Trucking. Drop my first episode. It's a little introduction. I'm looking to build from there. It's going to be some nice videos just following along my journey. It'll be a little bit different than the podcast. Uh, it's not going to be as long or as in detail, uh, depending on where I'm at and what I'm doing. But, you know, I'm going to talk shippers, receivers, success, failure, how to get your CDL, all that sort of stuff. Go on there, like, drop a comment, ring that bell so you can subscribe and share it with a friend of yours. But without further ado, let's get right into the episode. We're over the hump. We're into episode 11. When I last left you off, I was in Joplin, Missouri, headed west with a load going out to Phoenix. Now, the timing of that load couldn't have been better. And sometimes you're scheduling out there and how you're driving and how you're working your electronic log and just where you're going, destinations. Sometimes it just molds together perfectly with how you're going to get your reset in or where you're going to be. So I was taking that load out to Phoenix, but it wasn't delivering until first thing Monday morning. But based off of where I was in the country, how long I can drive and my distance during the day, I found myself being able to get into Phoenix on Saturday, meaning I can get a full 34-hour reset before I got going again on Monday to avoid having to run recaps. And if you don't remember, recaps are basically... Like I said, you have a 70-hour working clock, and as that runs low, you'd have to shut down for 34 hours to reset that clock. However, you can keep rolling if you keep your drive time basically between eight and eight and a half hours per day, because on the eighth day at midnight of while you're driving, you will recap any hours that you did not drive in those previous days. Sometimes, depending on how I want to get home or how you want to get home as a driver yourself, People run these recaps so they can keep rolling day after day after day as opposed to shutting themselves down. But it worked out perfectly because I have a really good friend in Phoenix, uh, a fella that I deployed with. He's from my unit. I knew he was down there, so I was looking to connect with him. But surprise, when I had made a quick pit stop, when I was coming down from Flagstaff South towards Phoenix, a friend of mine had messaged me on Instagram, one of my best friends from high school. Uh, I don't like dropping names in the podcast. He won't mind, but we'll call him John. And uh, John, I hope you're listening. He reached out to me, and I, I was so – he's like, are you going to be in Phoenix? And I was like, dude, I'm on my way there right now. And now he works – he has a job that's actually uh, similar to mine. Uh, me, I'm a driver. I describe it as being uh, being in a rock and roll band on tour, but there's no band. I'm the band. Well, that's kind of what he does. He manages bands that are on tour. And so he's traveling around with them to the country and he helps set up at shows. And he, he manages their whole tour line with employees and shit like that. I don't know. He can explain it better. You reach out to John yourself and he'll go into, he'll give you all the insider baseball on his job. But his band had a show at a venue called the Van Buren in Phoenix. And it's like, I'm not going to pass up an opportunity to see some live music. So I got down to Phoenix and I parked at a pilot just west of the city uh, off Interstate 10. And now I had posted about this on Instagram after my reset was done because I wanted to put this in the podcast and talk about time. Before I started trucking and before I moved to Texas, I always felt as though I was running out of time. Everything was always booked up. Your weekends get booked up quick. It, you know, it's almost like life just is in this ever revolving door of things always happening and you almost have no time 
for anything yourself or for you to do on your own. I, I don't know. It's kind of hard to put into words. But once I started, once I moved and I forcefully took time out for myself, and when you get into this job where everything is run by clocks and appointment times and stuff like that, you really kind of learn how to manually downshift and take more control of your time. So when I parked in Phoenix, by the time I started driving on Monday morning, I had been off duty on my electronic log for 37 hours. Within that 37 hours, I slept for 14 of those hours. So that only so that leaves me less than the amount of time I was off duty for to actually do some stuff. But what I crammed into that weekend, it used to take a whole month to be able to do those sorts of things or to even make plans to do that with friends because of how busy people are or when these concerts show up and other family obligations. But I parked in Phoenix at a pilot. By the way, I don't recommend that pilot. Uh, it fucking sucked. And uh, like their showers, the wait line for the showers was sucked. Uh, they were short staffed. Uh, the employees are actually very nice, but man, just way too busy there. They need some help. Uh, regardless, we parked, but I, I, you know, I'm training for this marathon. I still need to get some fitness in, so I'm not making any excuses, and I'm still not drinking, haven't drank since New Year's Eve. I'm 13 miles from the Van Buren in Phoenix. Guess what? I have my road bike with me now. I keep it riding with me shotgun, so in case I do get a reset or if I'm near anything and I'm too far to run or too far to walk, I can always... Just pop the wheel right back on the, I pop the front wheel right back on the bike and I can roll anywhere. So I take a 13 mile ride downtown and my buddy John hooked me up. He put me on the VIP list at the concert. He got, you know, got me a free ticket and I got to discover this awesome new band. They're not new. They've been around for 10 years now and I had never heard of them, but they're called Bad Sons and that's who he's on a tour with. And these guys are great. Let me tell you, these are some, this is like good Southern California, rock and roll. These guys are like my age. They're in their 30s. I, I loved it. These guys put on a hell of a show. And talk about a great venue. I was up there on a balcony. I had weight service. It, it couldn't have been better. Now, my friend John was busy, but, you know, uh, I pulled this quote when I posted on Instagram. It was something that Jim Henson said, that there's, there's no word to describe two old friends that have seen each other after a long time. And and that's what it was with John. And like, that's one of the coolest fucking parts about this job. Like is, you know, look, there's a lot of times where you're behind this wheel and you're kind of alone. And, you know, you got to really become good friends with yourself if you're going to get into a career like this. But when you're when you're starting to get up there at age and everybody from your childhood and stuff's moved on, people are kind of spread out. You know, that opportunity where we just happen to clink at that same random city, like nothing could have made me happier at that moment and what a great concert uh talk about the energy at that venue too can't recommend it enough if you're ever in phoenix arizona and you're out there for a concert or anything check out the van buren absolutely grade a facility to catch any live music event at the concert uh couldn't hang around that long because he had to get that band loaded up because they were moving on i got right back on my bike rode right back to my truck went to sleep next day i'm going to be hanging out with one of my good friends who i who i went to afghanistan with i tried to finesse a little bit of a healthy day off the rip i was like hey we should try to go for a hike because out in phoenix there's these nice mountains i'm telling you the city is beautiful uh if you've never been 
out there in the desert, it's it's really like another world. You'll, you'll forget you're even in the United States at that point. Just the highways out there, how you're driving, it, it's gorgeous. So I was like, I tried to finesse a hike out of it so I can keep active. But him and his friends, they had a little bit of a night the previous night. So we kind of canned it. He's like, hey, we're, go- we're, you know, we're going to brunch. So I was like, all right, you know what? I'm down. We, we're, we can go to brunch. So I, he picks me up. We go back. We link up with his whole group of friends. And we go to this really cool area in Phoenix. And we're having brunch. And, and I, I, was connected, I connected with his friends right off the rip. And I'm so proud of my, my buddy of who he's found himself hanging out with. Because these people are all, they, they all just off the rip motivate me in a way that I can't even explain. It's like, you know, these people are such high energy. They're all like working for themselves, basically doing their own thing, grinding, work hard, play hard, and just being around them and being around that kind of positivity is just shit you need in your life. If the the group of friends you're around and the people you're associating with aren't like breeding or manifesting uh, any sort of positivity or rooting for you or wanting you to succeed or you wanting them to succeed, then I, I don't know what kind of social circus you like rolling with. That's just something you need in your life, especially as you start getting up there uh, into your 30s, because uh, life starts coming at you real fast, real differently. So, I mean, I just in that whole day, it felt like that day, that day could have been a whole month. You know, we started out at brunch. We went back to my friend's house. We were just talking, hanging out. Then we made a plan. We go hang out at this pool that's like uh, at this boutique hotel. We hang out at this pool all day. There's, there's drinks, there's food there. Like I said, I'm not drinking, but you know, to be able to hang out in a pool in January, I'm not complaining, really. Uh, I never grew up with being, being able to swim in any pools in January. Let me tell you that much. We got to hang out, get some good sun, and then we end up going, we go back to his house, get cleaned up, and then we're linking up with another bigger group of friends for one of his friend's birthdays. And it's just, you know, that's what they like to do. These, they all work hard. They're all very successful, doing their own thing. One of them is in his 30s and retired because he just put his head down and grinded for 10, 15 years. And he's, and he's basically retired. And we were out there just having a blast at this awesome, you know, kind of like new American style restaurant in Scottsdale. And I just, what a weekend it was. Like I, I did, like for literally those 37 hours off duty, minus 14 of sleeping, I, you couldn't take the smile off my face. And it's just, and for all the times, for all the shitty times in this job where you're waiting at shippers, waiting at receivers, uh, waiting on a load, uh, stuck on the highway, highway shut down, whatever, like it all gets negated for, for weekends and 34 hour resets like that. So that brought me to Phoenix. Like I said, I can go on about it and go into, go into any more detail, but like I said, time came up, was ready to keep on moving. I had to deliver that load Monday. It was coming from a GNC a warehouse or distributor outside Indianapolis, going to another GNC distribu- uh, distribution center in Phoenix. From there, I got another load where I was to go pick up some beer from a beer distributor, Victoria Beer, to be specific, from Tucson. So it kind of stinks. You got to go back on 10 East, 100 miles. And then I was taking that load all the way to Ventura, California. 
great. I was going to, I'm doing a little California turn and burn, as they'll, as they'll call it. So I had to take that to Ventura, and then from Ventura, I was going to shoot down to Carson, which is right around the port of Long Beach. And from there, I was going to take a load, uh, which my company, R&R, &R, we, we always pick up a lot in Carson from stuff that comes off container ships. And that was going to go back to Oklahoma City to get me back to Texas for the following weekend. Um, like I say, when it comes to California, man, if I could live in California, it'd be desert California for me. I went on a really nice uh, six-mile run in Coachella when I was there, which it's funny. When you think Coachella, you think of that uh, very high-end Instagram model concert. But let me tell you, they got uh, hella truck parking there. It's uh, quite the truck stop. I think it's really funny that they chose this, like, sexy fucking influencer concert uh, for literally a town uh, built off of RVs and RV parking and truck stops. Uh, but gorgeous nonetheless. Like I said, if I could live in California, it'd be Desert Cali for me. It's just gorgeous. Uh, you know, love the higher elevation. And, uh, you know, you're close to Arizona. You're close to getting in and out. And the traffic's obviously not as bad. Start moving more towards west. Get to Ventura. Uh, so that traffic, once you get into San Bernardino County, yeah, it's, it's a nightmare. The drivers aren't bad. And trust me, uh, I'll be talking about drivers throughout this country in episodes to come because I got a lot to bitch about when it comes to some of you guys out there. Um, but getting out, you know, you, I got through the traffic. Ventura. Now, I'd never been that much north of, like, L.A. and L.A. County on the coast. Man, those hills and, like, the, the neighborhoods on those hills and out there. The grass, how green it is. It is gorgeous. Because when you're in San Bernardino County in L.A., you got this smog. It's just like sitting over there. And you can't even fucking see. You can't see the skyline. It's, it's kind of miserable. There's almost there's just almost like gloom that hangs around it. But once I got to a little past that and I'm in Ventura, man, talk about gorgeous. And, hey, I mean, if you're living out there, that's basically what you're paying for at that point. But great, vent, great vendor uh, customer that I went to delivering the beer in and out real quick no no issues i i love going to a receiver that's just you know cool hey what's up man oh perfect bah, 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 on time gets you right in the door unloads you gets you right out i shot down to carson i picked up a load of stuff that i believe is going back out to the oil field so i bring it to a place up in oklahoma city and then it unloads at a warehouse in oklahoma city but before <laughs> I rush back and get to Oklahoma City for you. Yep, it's the name of the episode. It, it, it was a nightmare in New Mexico, let me tell you. So as I started heading back east from Carson, I stopped in Barstow before I continued on because you got to run through this Southern California traffic. And then I wanted to shut down early so I can get started early. Because that's the name of the game. Earlier you shut down, earlier you can start, easier it is to park. Barstow is another town in California, Desert Cali. Plenty of truck parking. Love it. Uh, easy to run into. I got a whole running path that I do there. Bang out a quick four miles. I go I go up this hill. It's real fucking motivating. Uh, I, it, it was my first time running up that hill since I was with my trainer with R&R. So I was fucking motivated. Uh, running up, running down, get to bed early. I'm ready to fucking pound it. I'm going to 
run and gun. I'm trying to get back to OKC as soon as I can. Now, unlike Virginia, I knew winter weather was coming. Now, I had seen it all over the news basically for the past week that there was going to be this huge band of wintry weather, ice, cold, snow from basically northern Texas and parts of New Mexico all the way up to New England. And I saw it on the radar and I was like, oh, shit, I'm so glad that I'm west of the Mississippi and I'm missing a lot of this. Well, I wasn't that fucking lucky. So as I'm driving, I get through Arizona. No problem. Easy day, easy day. Flagstaff, I could tell they had some weather. Their roads, pristine, easy. They pre-treat their roads. I, I, did, I hadn't moved through Flagstaff faster at all, ever. Moved through easy. Then I start getting into New Mexico. And I'm roughly 40 miles in because of when I start hearing the CB radio kick off. And I'm hearing driver after driver coming westbound saying, hey, if you're going east, If you're going east, you better get off at the 53. You better get off at the 53. Now, at this time, some winter weather was coming down, but the roads were fine. So I'm hearing get off the 53 because so when you're in New Mexico, there are large gaps between the exits because there's fucking nothing in New Mexico, especially in between the cities and in between the small towns with truck stops. And so if you don't get off at the 53, there's not another exit until the 63, basically. And so he says, get off at the 53. I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen. I'm not risking it. Uh, you know, I'm not checking my phone, but, you know, some guys are saying, hey, Google Maps is showing red. People are saying it's shut down. Okay, so I get off at the 53. As I'm getting off, the winter weather's starting to actually get bad. I get on the service road, and as I'm driving, I'm seeing the road start to disappear. I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. So I'm, I was going 55, and then I'm going 45, then I'm going 35. And then finally I see there's a six tractor trailer pile up right around the 63 mile marker on I-40 going east. And when something like that happens, it means that there's some of these, you know, truck drivers out here, they're following too close. They're driving too fast. They don't realize that they need more following distance, especially as the weather's getting bad and they're bunching up. And that's the only thing that can cause that kind of accident is they're, they're not giving enough distance between each other and there was a six truck pile up disaster i'm glad i missed it like i said the roads are getting fucking horrible at this point so i go back across the bridge and then i get back on 40 east now there's no like so that highway is basically kind of covered at this point probably got about an inch and a half i want to say on the roads so i just pull right I, onto the highway then into the breakdown lane and i i freaking pop it in park i'm looking at google maps seeing what i should do I get on the CB. There's a guy parked right behind me. He's in a Red International. Cool guy. Uh, ended up linking up with him in a minute. I go, I talking to him. I was like, hey, you got a radio on back there? He's like, yeah. I was like, hey, you, I was like, you thinking about just parking it here in this breakdown lane for the night and starting next morning? He's like, yeah, I'm checking it out. Two minutes later, he's like, hey, Petro, nine miles up the road, follow me. Boom. Following his tire tracks. I'm going slow. I don't think I went over 25 miles an hour. Made it to the Petro in a town called Milan, New Mexico. Big-ass Petro. Plenty of parking. Parked right next to the guy. Gave him a wave. He was there with his wife. Easy money. Lucky. Very, very lucky. Because the next day is when I found out about all the mayhem that had happened on 40 that whole night. So I woke up about 4 a.m. because I wanted to see if I can get rolling. First thing I do... You know from 
the last uh, time I talked about winter weather, I got right on Twitter, right on the New Mexico DOT account, New Mexico local news, Albuquerque local news, scouring Twitter, turn the CB radio on, hey, how we looking going eastbound, et cetera, et cetera. I'm looking, I'm seeing a whole bunch of shit went down that night through Albuquerque all the way to the Texas border. So Amarillo in Oklahoma City, I heard, got some weather. And I can tell you, when I got to Oklahoma City, I saw the weather they got because, yeah, they they got it rough there. So I'm seeing about all these accidents. There was a couple fatalities on 40. And when I woke up at 4, basically from 10 miles east of where I was, all the way to Albuquerque was shut down because there's a couple steep inclines. Trucks got stuck. So there was no point in me leaving. Instead of sitting at the Petro, I'd just be sitting on 40. So like, okay, I guess I'm not leaving. And went back to sleep, woke up like two, three hours later. I was just kind of going back and forth with my dispatch. Luckily, they had told me that another driver from R&R was actually coming west. And lo and behold, it was my trainer who I came out with with R&R, Brian. Shout out, Brian. Appreciate you, big dog. And I was texting him and called him. And he was going to he was keeping me in the loop back and forth from where he was at. I was checking Google Maps. and I was like, I called him. I said, hey, give me a buzz when you get here. Give me a buzz when you get here. So he was keeping in touch with me. By the time he was about by the time he was west of Albuquerque, he had called me. He's like, hey, man, if I'm you, I'd probably leave now. Go slow. You're good. I think you'll be fine. So I start rolling because I got to. I'm trying to make it home. I got appointments and shit at home. I got shit to do. I got a fucking dog that i need to kiss i got a wife that i love very much so i start rolling and i'm going slow and that stretch of 40 for the rest of new mexico was i'm talking like a graveyard worse than virginia as i was driving i'm talking tractor trailers on their side uh trailers like looked like they exploded like it looked like a bomb went off in them i saw two trucks go off the highway on the right hand side and one was like basically on a cliff where where if he if he didn't follow that cliff he would have went right down a 30 foot drop and then there was another truck that was kind of halfway going down that fucking drop and it was just truck after truck abandoned cars in the median wherever you wherever you looked it it was it was legit mayhem and then right as i was about to leave new mexico we start going in this kind of standstill and then a slow roll traffic and on the westbound side, there was a horrible accident uh, that must have happened just maybe 20 minutes before I got to that mile marker. And uh, the, one of the truck drivers over there, he had to get life start out. I, I mean, I saw the helicopter go to the accident before I even started slowing down. It, it was wild. And I'm, I'm shocked it wasn't talked about more because it was worse than what happened in Virginia. And it seemed like the internet was talking a little bit more about what happened in Virginia more than New Mexico because it was just insane what was going on over there. But I got through it. I was lucky. A uh, little bit of luck, a little bit of just good decision-making. I mean, there are guys who will think, oh, I'm good. I'm going to roll. I'm going to roll. That high elevation, you know, sub almost zero degree weather, you're talking about, you know, the roads freezing very quickly. You're talking about very, very dangerous situ- situations. And no matter how good of a driver you might be, truck driver or you drive, you know, 
you're driving a car. It does, it does not matter, especially out there in those hills and that high elevation. But I got through. I stopped in Amarillo for some fuel. Great place to get gas. Amarillo's got. I wish I could have. I wish I could have stopped. Shout out Noah. Wish we could have stopped and grabbed dinner, but I had to keep rolling. I ended up going, making it to Oklahoma. I slept in a Walmart for five hours. <laughs> it was just, it was just. Wild. I tried to park at rest stops and stuff, but I'm driving late, burning that midnight oil. I end up sleeping in a Walmart for five hours. Get up. I got a PC off duty because I got to make this delivery on time. I get there. And I'm finally off the Kilpatrick Turnpike in OKC, and all of their roads still have snow on it. It's like not one plow went through this. It was just tire tracks. So, I mean, OKC totally got uh, hammered uh, in that storm, and I feel bad. So I, I deliver that load, and I'm waiting for my next load. It, normally, it's easy. There's a whole bunch of stuff that comes out, of, a whole lot of freight that comes out of Oklahoma City that goes south on 35. 35 is a huge artery. You know, from Mexico and Minnesota, there's a whole bunch of stuff that comes out of Oklahoma City and Oklahoma in general. I'm waiting, but the storm the storm set everything back. I, my dispatch, my company saying, we're checking five load boards. We're, we're not finding anything. Finally, something popped up, and it was 130 miles north in Arkansas City, Kansas. So I had to shoot up 35, go up into Kansas, got loaded with some, uh, actually, it was, I guess, some freeze-dried ice cream for Whataburger. And that was going to go down to a grocery food warehouse called McLean, uh, which I've seen McLean around. They have their own company trucks as well. But it was going to a McLean warehouse right in San Antonio. I knew exactly where it was. But it didn't deliver until Tuesday morning, actually. Uh, it was supposed to deliver Monday at 3 a.m., but we ended up getting the appointment shifted to Tuesday because... I, it just wasn't going to work out with the way I was trying to make my home time work. So we got the got the appointment switched. So I was finally able to get that load, make it back to Texas, all safe and sound. By the time I crossed into Texas border, the weather had cleared up. There were some spots of ice going through Dallas-Fort Worth. But for the most part, I'd say it was pretty safe. Got home, and... Some good friends of mine came and visited that weekend. I had been looking forward to it to, for a, looking forward to it for a long time. It's so one of my groomsmen, one of my wife's bridesmaids. Shout out Aaron and Katie. They live in Arkansas themselves. One of their favorite bands was in Austin. They're like, "You got like we're going to this concert and you guys are coming." And I was like, "Fuck yeah!" I was like, "In two weeks, I'm about to go to two concerts." If if you know me, I love live music and I love watching a, a good fucking performance from a band that. You know, makes music that's like from the fucking heart, if you know what I mean. Like good sounding shit. I love good performers. You know, I love I love art. You know, I love when people put some heart into it. And it's this great Texas band called Flat Flatland Cavalry. And honestly, since the concert, I haven't stopped listening to these guys. Like they have like three songs now. I've listened to three of their albums all the way through. And they have like three or four songs that like I feel like I relate to directly. And I'm just some, you know, fucking uh, jerk off from Connecticut and here here I can relate to these guys you know straight out of Lubbock Texas uh, you know with their songs they're a phenomenal band phenomenal band please if you have a chance check them out Flatland Cavalry they're, they're just great easy listening to especially for a job like mine where you're behind the wheel they're they're fucking awesome so I rounded out another great weekend with some marathon training with my 
best friend out there in Austin, Trina. Shout out Trina Burks. Go check out her YouTube channel. She does all the sickest woodworking uh, out there, building decks, building whatever, anything woodworking. Go give her a subscribe on YouTube. And if you want any woodworking done or any tips, reach out to her on Instagram or any social media. She's, uh, it's a passion of hers, and she's trying to grow that content and creation and everything she's doing herself. So go, go show her some love. Tell her I sent you. That'd be great. So we did the Ladybird Loop. It's a nice 10 miles uh, around Ladybird Lake in, in Austin. It's gorgeous. It's such a any day. Please come out and visit. We can hike it, do whatever. I love it. It's beautiful. It's what makes me love living in a place like Austin. Weekends up. Deliver that load Tuesday morning. Head back up home to hang out for a little bit because I was waiting on a package. Then my plan was... I needed to head to Fort Worth to pick out some self-checkouts at a Walmart. Get to that Walmart, they're like, hey, your driver already picked up a self-checkouts. I was like, oh, sick. And then he was like, but there's still some more that need to be taken. They're just not ready to go yet. So check in with the night manager, and she might be able to load them as they get them ready. I'm like, okay, cool. Night manager comes in at 9. I talk to her. She's like, no, I'm pretty sure they're all gone. I was like, okay. Um, that's not what your boy told me. And then she's like, okay, let's go look. So she texted a bunch of people. We looked. We checked every little Connex box. No self-checkouts. No problem. I mean, it's nothing I did wrong. So, long story short, I tell dispatch, hey, there's none here. Next morning, my dispatch is like, uh, no, Walmart corporate's still saying they're there. I'm like, uh, all right. So I checked back with the guy I saw when I got to the Walmart yesterday afternoon. He's like, nah, man, they're definitely not here. So I was like, okay. Go back to my dispatch. They're like, yeah, they're probably right. You know, stand by. We got you. So we got this other customer in Dallas called ProPack. You go there. They'll load up a trailer full of old shopping carts, and they get them from other Walmarts and department stores. They'll cram them in our trailer. We take them up to a warehouse in Wagoneer or Wagoner, Oklahoma. From there, they take those shopping carts off. They break them down, do whatever, and make new ones. But for the sake of time and to get me on my next load, I just brought that trailer straight up to Gravit, Arkansas. From there, one of our local drivers, because R&R, they have uh, two or three day cabs. They'll take that trailer to Wagoner the next day because one of the local guys took a loaded trailer from McKee Foods to Gravit. So I just easily swapped, and I was going to take that trailer. And that load, which is the load I just dropped off, was from McKee Foods. I believe I've mentioned it on prior episodes, but McKee Foods makes a bunch of Little Debbie's. Donuts, Little Debbie's products. And I swear, once you get into Gentry, Arkansas, that's all you smell. It's like a bakery. It makes your mouth water as soon as you get into that town. So easy money. Get right back to grab it. Swap at South on 49. Hop on 40 East. Deli it delivers to a McKee Foods uh, warehouse distribution center in Collegedale, Tennessee, which is just east, southeast of Chattanooga. From there, I believe the Little Debbies go to stores in the surrounding area, <clears throat> what have you. I'm not really actually sure where it goes, what the final mile of that product is. And then, and I've done this before where I deliver there and then I head right down south to Adairsville, Georgia, and there's a whole bunch of freight that comes out of Adairsville and I've gone wherever from there. So I'm in Adairsville, Georgia now, dropping this recording. I'm going to get loaded there 
and I'm taking a load from Adairsville all the way up to Westfield, Massachusetts. Lucky me. Like I said, with this job, sometimes it's what you make of it. Sometimes it's luck. But that's a couple weekends in a row now where I'm able to link up with friends, family, see my wife. So now I, you know, I'm going to get up to Connecticut on Saturday, see my dad for his birthday, hopefully see some friends for Super Bowl Sunday, deliver that load Monday. And then from there, I'll either grab something in Jersey or New York and head back towards Arkansas and get myself back home for next weekend. Now that I brought you up to the same mile marker that I'm at, what else we got going on? What's what's going on in the world out there? Well, from the looks of it, there seems to be never anything good going on in the world. But like I've mentioned, that's the best part about my job, man. That's the best part about this career is, you know, I spend so much less time doom scrolling and time on social media. Even even as I'm making content, I, I've just got my head down and I'm focused. What's the next podcast? What am I going to make my next YouTube video about? Uh, I'm, I'm talking about reestablishing a business. Where's Lombard Trucking going from here? That That's just where my head is at and, and the kind of headspace I'm in because I'm just trying to surround myself with positivity, people who are into like manifesting stuff. That's the type of energy you need around if you're trying to move forward. And I see what's going on out there in the world. People talking about Joe Rogan, people still talking about masks. Come on, here we are two years later after this thing, you're still talking about masks. Are you, let me tell you something. None of us get out of here alive. This life has an expiration date and we don't know when that is. You really think you're going to be out there on your deathbed one day, you know, shaking your fist, going, thank God I canceled my Spotify account, that damn Joe Rogan. What's that line from a Bronx tale? He says, you know, the, uh, the, the saddest thing in the world is wasted talent or the worst thing there is is wasted talent. There's so much potential. And there's so much talent out there. I feel like that I see on Twitter and Instagram from so many people, and it's just like, Man, if you could just somehow take that energy and bring it bring it into something that you're good at or bring it into something about you and just delivering it to the world, doesn't that sound a little bit better than just trying to change people's minds all the time and identity politics? Because no matter how much you st- stamper and pout your feet, look, Joe Biden ain't listening, dude. And even if he was, dude probably couldn't hear because he's fucking old as fuck anyways. Guess what, dude? Like, Trump exists. What are you going to do? You're going to still cry about it years later? Dude's not even fucking president anymore. Like, all it is is crying after crying. Imagine all the fucking crying everybody's doing and all these fucking losers on CNN and MSNBC and all the fake bullshit they try to spew. Imagine if they just took all that time and energy and put it into something good out there for the world. You know, imagine how much better of a place this could be. Imagine how much more fucking unified we could be as a country, you know, I was at that concert, Flatland Cavalry. You know, you should have seen that crowd. You know, you would think off the rip, oh, oh, it's this Texas country band, you know, a red dirt country band from Texas. Oh, probably a, you know, probably a pasty white crowd. Lead singer of that band's Mexican. Mustache, curly hair, fucking great swagger, too. That is like that guy, he's got some swagger. Big fan of him. His name's Cleto. Cool dude. Cleto Cordero. You know, there was people of all kinds. There was, uh, women in burkas at at this concert. I'm talking, you know, this concert was full of full of everybody from all walks of life. So let's like Twitter, Instagram, that shit ain't fucking real life. What these pundits, what all these people are trying to say and feed you and force feed you, 
It's all a bunch of bullshit. And a lot of it's instigated by fucking China and Russia. There's guys out there sitting at computers. There's 21-year-olds sitting out there in an internet lab in China and in Russia. And they're, they have all these accounts, and they're doing this. And they're paying money to have a bunch of retweets and all this stuff. They're paying to do all this. They're instigating all this stuff. But then we're falling victim to it and feeding into it. Hey, shut the phones off for a little bit. Take a break. Let's talk to our neighbors. Think about, think about you. Think about yourself. Think about what you want to do in this life. And then just, like, bring it forward. Hey, come to me with it. I'll, I'll help you out. Anything you need, I'll help you out no matter what it is. But hey, if I keep going, I'm going to start swerving. I'm going to have to throw on the hazard lights, pull into the breakdown lane. So let me just take a deep breath here. Let's bring it back between the white dotted lines and wrap this thing up. Like I said, I could keep going. Uh, I appreciate you all listening to episode 11. Thank you so much for being here. Once again, drop me a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. really helps me out. Share it with a friend, man. Uh, If you know a truck driver out there, somebody who just wants some shit to listen to, uh, pass it along. Uh, I, I really appreciate it. And check out the YouTube. Drop me a like, a comment on the video. Ring that bell for subscribe. I'm really trying to grow, grow this content stuff. And I say it in the first video. A lot of the reason why I'm doing this, uh, some of it is therapeutic a little bit because you know, I'm out here by myself. But a lot of it is also to give back to truckers out there because shout out to guys like Trucking with Tay and Ken V and Just Trucking. But those guys in their YouTube channels, they're helping me. They're giving me the information and the confidence to go out here, make this content, and also make my career more successful. So please, if you could, help me grow that thing. And once again, if you or anybody you know is interested in getting your CDL, please reach out to me. I will help you in any way I can. And as always, if you ever want to talk, I'll be here.